get everything organized here, get everything going. So last week, we covered verses 1 through 4, which say a psalm of David when he had changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he de- and departed. Thank you, Brother Richard. That's not part of our psalm. I will bless the Lord at all time. His praise times his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Okay, let's start again. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And then we're going to go on today and talk about verses 5 through 9. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Have any troubles? Oh, good. Good if you do, good if you don't, whichever way you answered. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. So last week we talked about a few facts from our first four verses, verses one through four, that life is all about us. Right? That's what we talked about? No, we established the fact and I can tell by the smiles on your faces that you loved it, that life is not about us. And if you had been with us in Madison Friday night, that was the sermon that was preached at the Hyphen Conference. So we received confirmation. So I took that to mean that God was ministering to me, that life is not about me. It's all about him. Life is about him. My purpose in life is to reflect God. And I do that by magnifying him and boasting on him and glorifying him regardless of what comes into my life. To boast on God is to brag on God, to build him up and to have confidence in him. That's what we talked about last week. So we're going to move on to this verse 5. They looked onto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Now, we know that Matthew 11, verse 30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, yes, when I look to God, he lightens my load. His strength is made perfect when I know I can do it all myself. He becomes my superhero when I say, Just step out of the way, God, I've got this. My husband helps me out when I roll through the house like a steamroller and do it all myself. He gets up in the morning and goes out and shovels the eight inches of snow that fell last Monday when I get up at four o'clock and beat him out there and do it all myself. He mows the lawn 
all this all through the summer when I charge out there like the good Wisconsin woman and say, I don't need you, I got it. He never opens the pickle jars because I say, forget it, I got it, I can take care of this. He never carries in any of the grocery bags because I got it. He never opens my car door because I jump out before he could possibly get over there fast enough to do it anyway. I don't need him. That's what I'm telling him. So he just sits there in his recliner and reclines and takes it easy. Well, that's what I do to God. I don't look on to him. I don't look to him. I don't say, God, I need you. I need you to take care of this for me. I need you to lighten me. I can't handle this, God. I don't like it. But not only do I not like it, I can't handle it. Because in and of myself, my face is going to be ashamed. I am going to disgrace you if I try to handle this on my own, God. I am not going to do you justice in this situation. My grace is not sufficient, God, in this situation. I can't bring you glory on my own. I need you, God. So I'm looking to you. Because I need you. The only way that I can do you any kind of justice in this situation, God, is to look to you. I need you to lighten me. Now, not just to take the burden off of me, God. That would be great. You know what, God? If you want to lift this from me and just remove the whole thing, great. Have at it, God. That would be wonderful. And I will be sure to give you glory for it. If you want to do the miraculous and just go poof, I know you can do it. I don't know how you pray if you're flowery. That's great. The first time that I ever heard a message in tongues and interpretation was in the when the Wisconsin Dells Church was in the little green building that used to be a pizza building down on Highway 13. And this woman, Sister Armstrong, gave this flowery, poetic, Oh, interpretation. I was just awestruck. I went home and I said, God, I realize that I am nothing. I am lower than the dirt on the floor. But if I could ever do that, God, whoa. Well, God used me for tongues and interpretation. But I went home and I said, God... What happened? I am so sorry that I failed in that. Because I sounded like nothing like Sister Armstrong. I mean, I sounded everything like me. And I'm like, I am so sorry, God. And I cried before him. And he said, what is wrong with you, Pam? I use her like her and you like you. That's how this works. And I found out that God talks to me like he talks to me. And he talks through me like he talks through me. And that's why when pastor preaches, you get pastor. And when I teach, you get me. (laughs) So when I pray, this is just how I talk to God. And I just say, you know what? If you want to just poof, you can do it, God. But 
usually he doesn't just poof in my case. <laughs> Other people get the poof miracles. I get the trudge on through it with me, Pam. I'll lighten your face. <laughs> and when you look up that word lightened in this verse, that's actually what it means. It doesn't mean that he's just going to take the burden off of you. It doesn't mean that he's just going to translate you out of that situation. It means he's going to lighten your countenance. When you look onto him, you are going to be lightened and your face will not be ashamed. The word actually translates to be brightened. He's going to brighten your actual face. He's going to put a smile on your face. Hi, how are you today? Oh, you just don't know. Now, that doesn't mean you have to lie. I'm just walking on the streets of glory. You just don't know. We have problems. My dog bit me today, and it hurt. Shoot the dog. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. All those animal rights advocates will be, you know, out there marching in front of our church. I'm just, you know. But it means to express joy. It's opposed to the downcast features of those that are disappointed and ashamed. It means if you are not expressing a lightened countenance, The opposite of that means that you're actually disappointed and ashamed in your God. Think about it. Just just take a Selah moment, a Salah moment. Let that sink in. Do you wonder why scripture says that when you complain, you're overwhelmed? You are actually expressing disappointment in your God. You are saying, Jesus, you have failed me. You didn't get this right. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read about Job, God didn't take that so well. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Job? Where were you when I formed the earth? Where were you when I? You know what, Pam? Where were you when I decided what would be best for you? You know, one day back in 1980. You told me that regardless, you would. I'm just trying to help you get there. Did you change your mind? Because if you did, I'll remove this totally from you. But in my sovereign will, I know that this is what's going to help you get there. Now, do you want to get there or don't you want to get there? Because the pain and the agony that you think is so great right now is nothing compared to the glory you are going to enjoy there. Now, are you going to quit your belly aching, Pam? And just put on a lightened countenance that I am going to give to you? 
through my peace and my joy? Or are you, this is how God talks to me. I don't know. Maybe you have a flowery conversation with him. He doesn't talk that way to me. I sit in my recliner with my cup of coffee, thank God he's part Norwegian and he likes coffee, but that's just me and my God. I don't know how your God talks to you at your times, but that's just how we are in the mornings. And he just says, you know what? My peace and my joy is yours. My grace is always sufficient. I will lighten your countenance. We have a choice. You know that Tigger? You know Eeyore? In Winnie the Pooh. Oh, go read the book. Eeyore, it can be a sunshiny, beautiful... Tigger is always just bouncing around. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. That's what he says. And Eeyore, it can be the most beautiful, sunshiny day. I mean, the sun can be bright. The flowers can be blooming. There can be nary a cloud in sight. And you can say, it's a gorgeous day. And what does Eeyore say? Oh, bother. It's going to rain. He never sees the good in anything. He always is waiting for the bad. I don't want to be an Eeyore. Psalms 25. Whoop, I got behind in my clickers. 25 verses 1 through 5 say, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. When I'm ashamed, my enemies win. They win. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways. How can God show me his ways if I don't want to go the way he wants to take me? Oh, Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. He is the God of my salvation. He knows what it would take to get me to an altar of repentance. And he knows what it will take to keep me saved. He knows what it will take to keep me on the right path. He knows what it takes in my life. He knows. Unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my soul? I trust you, God. On thee do I wait all day. Psalms 121, verses 1 and 2. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Remember, God has a high place he's taking us to. My high place. 
He's not going to let me slip and fall. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, from the minute that I committed myself to him, and even forevermore. When we look to him, he preserves us from that minute on. The jam doesn't spoil. It has preservatives in it. I'm set. The sure gel is in. It's not a faulty recipe. He knows what it takes. I'm sealed with the promise. I just need to get in the Word and read the promises. Isaiah 40 and 6, our God is so powerful and all-knowing. Go and read that scripture. He created all things. He knows everything that was ever created, all of it by name. I mean, every little bug. Imagine. Every tree, every flower, the gnats, the, I mean, everything, every star. Look up in the sky tonight, if it's a clear night, and see all those white dots up there. To me, they're just all stars, plural. They all have a name to God. And then, if you could, 51,000 whatever people right here in La Crosse right now, Name them all for me, Brother Richard. I want all their names right now. I want to do a census right now. Every name. Yeah, there we go. I don't know them. God knows every name. Every name from right here. Not only that, all around the world. I don't know how many people are in the world right now. No, I want the exact number right this second. God knows it. And the baby that just was born two seconds ago, he knows it. And the one that's going to be born one second from now, he already knows that name before the mother and dad even fill out the birth certificate. All-knowing God. And none of them have ever failed. Why? Because of his power. And yet, somehow I get the mistaken thought that he can't handle what's going on in my life. And I think that I have to tell him how to handle it. Who do I think I am? My only job is to submit to him and magnify him for what he's doing and boast on him and say, God, you've got this. And remember and tell people it is well with my soul. How are you doing today? I am blessed and I'm highly favored. It is well with my soul. I might die in the next two seconds, but please remember it's well with my soul. The doctors might tell me tomorrow you have two seconds to live. But when I die, I want you to be able to say it was well with her soul. I want my grandchildren to know that their grandma died in the Lord. I want them to have no doubt 
it was well with her soul. She died in the Lord. When they eat their barbecue at the memorial service, I want them to enjoy the nurse game, saying she died with it well in her soul. That's what matters. My temporal pleasure here on earth is nothing. If I have hope in this world only, I am of all women most miserable. Because this world will give me nothing. I don't care if you're in the church, out of the church, or halfway in between. Your body is going to have pain. You're going to have debts. You're going to have discomfort. And the more you try not to, the more you're going to. It just is life. Is it well with your soul? Are you reflecting his glory? Do you magnify the Lord? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. That's when I got delivered from my fear. The fear of what? This crummy temporal life that means nothing other than what I can do for him. That's the other thing I do a lot of is paraphrase. The Psalms are so full of these kind of scriptures. I look unto the Lord, and he hears me. Get in the Psalms. Find your promises. We wouldn't even have time to make it through, I don't know, a tenth of the Psalms in our classes. This poor woman cried, and the Lord heard her. And saved her out of all of her troubles. I just sit home and eat bonbons all day long. Not really, y'all know I don't eat chocolate. But I don't have a trouble in the world. I'm sorry if I told you that, that would be a lie. All of us have troubles. In this world, in this present life, you shall have troubles. That's what the Bible has promised us. We love that promise. We should. We like the other promises of God. Without a test, you don't have a testimony. How are you going to prove God if you never have a situation to prove him in? How do I know he's a healer if I never get sick? How can I tell my doctors that I trust him if they never give me a bad report? I I think different. Poor is humble. It also means afflicted, lowly, needy. We don't like to be poor. But until you admit that you're poor, you will never admit your true need for God. We think of poor as a bad thing. And if you've ever been needy in your life, you really have a hard time admitting your need for anything in life. I've been there. 
I was so needy. I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I was so needy. I had to choose between feeding myself and feeding my son. I was so needy. Ah, the list goes on and on and on. Been there, done that. Spiritually, I was so needy. Until you admit your need, you don't get any help. And until you admit your need, God just says, I'm here, but you don't turn to him. My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And until you admit your need, you're actually very prideful. It's called false humility. Oh, I'm okay. I'm not. Without God, I'm not okay at all. I need God. I need his people. It's okay to need. It's okay. It's okay. Humble, lowly, needy. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Have you ever felt that you had nowhere to turn and no one to turn to? I think that we've all been there. That's a hard thing to admit to. We don't like that feeling, but I think that perhaps this is how David felt. In verse 3, he said um, of Psalms, I have down here Psalm 61, verses 1 and 2. Hear my cry, O Lord, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. From the end of the earth, you know, there's that picture of the cat hanging at the at the, at the end of the rope. I'm at the end of my rope. Um, I think that that must be how how David was feeling. Just at, from the end of the earth, I'm just at the end of it all. I, I don't ha- I don't know where else to go to, God. I'm just at the end. I don't have anybody to turn to. Nobody can help me. What can I do, God? But from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, there's nobody else to turn to, God. No one understands. No one else can possibly hear me, help me, or listen to me. I can talk to a multitude of counselors, but they're not going to understand. I am so overwhelmed with this, God, that I know you are the only one that I can turn to. I'm at the end of it, God. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David had proved God before. He knew that if God had been with him before, he'd be with him at this end of the earth feeling time, at this overwhelmed time. It's really important that 
when we're at our little, little experience times, at our not end of the earth times, at our, well, I can handle this times. There's times, plug your ears right now, sweetheart. There's times when I know I can open the jar, but I still say, will you open this for me, sweetheart? And he, here you go, sweetheart. Oh, thank you, honey. Now, and do you think that I cannot open my own car door? I am perfectly capable. But I like having a macho husband. I enjoy it. I enjoy having a suave husband that opens the door for me and lets me walk regally through it before him. I am perfectly capable of opening a door myself. I have to do it if I'm alone. Why would I do it when he's with me? But you understand? But I know that if I ever come to a door that's heavy and I can't get it, I've proven him. He opens the lightweight doors. I know he can get the heavy one. I know if I overpack my suitcase, he's the one to turn to. Because he just whips that lightweight one right up there for me. No problem. So I know that if I overpack it, he's the one I'm going to. I've proven him over and over and over again. He just chucks that little overnight case right in the trunk for me. I never touch a suitcase. Spoiled? Yes. Love it? Yes. But I've proven him over and over, trip after trip after trip. I've proven this man. Never failed me yet. Now, when it comes to the big suitcase in May, when we're going to visit the grandkids, and it weighs 49.8 pounds, because you could allow 50 pounds, he'll just whip that baby right in the trunk, never blink an eye. You'll say, think you got it kind of closer. Yep, I know. But whip it right. Why? Because I've proven him. What's my point? That's how it is with God. There's some little things that maybe I could handle them on my own, you know. Got a little runny nose today. It'll run its course. Do I need to bother God with that? Yeah. I need to prove him. Because two months from now, I might go to the doctor and they may tell me the big one. I want to know that God's on it now. You know, I stub my toe. Ah, man, it hurt. Limp for a couple hours, but it'll go away. I don't need to bother God. He's probably busy taking care of you and your big problems, so I won't bother him. No, I'm telling him about that. Fix it now, please, God, because it, I want to prove him on the little things now, because if I hit it and break my leg, I want to know that he can heal that broken bone. I need to prove him on the little things now, so when the big one comes, my faith is up there. Right? Now, I'm not sure all the little things that David had proven God on, maybe they're not all recorded in here, but he had big confidence. Because when he was at the end of the earth, he said, just leave me to the rock. You're higher than I. Take me up to that high rock. Because this is a big one. 
I'm at the end of the earth. I need to go to the high rock now, God. <laughs> Let's get on up there. That, that's the way I take it. He had proven his God. Have you proven your God? Or do you try to take care of all the little things on your own? And then when the big one comes, you're like, um, um, uh, hello, it's me. I, d- <sighs> I heard that you can take care of this, but, um, uh, um, uh, um, Or do you have a confidence? Hello, God. Let's do this. I went to the doctor one time, and they said routine testing, and so they thought, and then they called me back, and they said, we need you to get right back in here. Like, when could you? I said, sure, when do you want me to come back in? And they said, like, how about tomorrow? I said, sure, what time? To, how about first thing in the morning? I said, sure, no problem. And I got in, and I thought, well, it must be kind of serious. They want me in tomorrow, and they want me in the morning. And so I get in there, and they hook me all, get me in like that. And they're talking all calm and nice to me. And they get me laid out on the thing, you know, and they, you know, now don't be nervous about this. We're just in. I said, you know what? I am not at all concerned about this. I said, you appear to be a little bit more distraught than me. I said, whatever you would happen to be finding, my God already knows about it. Jesus is already there. He was there before you ever ran the first test, and he'll be here in this test, and he's already in tomorrow. So whatever you call me with, he already knows about it. So let's just all calm down and do whatever it is you need to do, and we'll be fine. I said, it's great. I said, just do what you need to do, and we'll, we'll be fi- I'll be fine. Let's just get it done and go on, and, and you'll call me and tell me what you find, and we're great. Right? Just calm down. We're, we're good. Okay? Let's just... The needles will all go in better if you're not quite so nervous about this, okay? And they said, whoa, you're really, you know, and it was fine. Everything was fine. But maybe it was a test for them. Maybe it was a test for me. Maybe it was just a confidence. But I have no idea. I don't. But why get all, just lead me to the rock, God, because I just want to be on this even keel. You know, I don't want to be, you know, so... But so the, the shelter here, a shelter is something that covers us and affords us protection. Protection is supervision. Don't you love that word? Don't you love to be supervised? Don't you love someone telling you what to do? Oh, I didn't get any amens today. Or support of one that is smaller or weaker. So God shelters us and protects us because we need supervising because we're smaller or weaker. Smaller or weaker than who? Him. Thank you. I I am. Maybe you're not, but I am. I found it very interesting that the, it translated this way that it was from the ends of the earth 
will I cry unto thee. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Is God going to instantly poof us out of our troubles? No, not always. But he's going to deliver me from me. He's going to deliver me and shelter me and protect me from me, from my humanity, from my human reasoning, from my human reactions. He's going to help me stay away from my logic. He's going to help me control my thinking. Remember, last week we talked about what we focus on is what controls us. So if he shelters the battlefield, if he shelters my mind, if he shelters and protects me from my own human reasoning and gives me God-centered thoughts, he's delivering me from myself. Because my human reaction is to have just that, human reactions. Bite my fingernails off and go into a tizzy. But he delivers me and protects me from my weaker self. That's the deliverance that he brings, I think, and the the protection and saving me out of the troubles that he gives to me. So David said in this in this scripture of, of Psalm 61, lead me. I say, Lord, change my heart that I might magnify you. Create in me, O Lord, a clean heart. Renew in me, O Lord, a right spirit. Because it's only when he does a heart transplant in me and Day after day after day, I am reminded that it's not about me. It's all about him. And I can't, it it seems like I can't get away from that enough throughout this lesson because until we remove ourselves from our very lives, we really can't magnify him properly. Because everything that we do revolves around us. We get up in the morning and we think, ooh, how do I feel today? I say, hi, good morning, how are you today? When in truth I say, good morning, how is Jesus today? How is Christ in you today? Maybe we should change our terminology. We get up and we go in and we brush our teeth. We comb our hair. We wash our bodies. We feed ourselves. We, everything revolves around us. We go to earn our income. We, everything is us. And I understand that I have to do all these things to live in this present world. And God knew that. Yet, it's so easy to become so self-absorbed. So I have to constantly be praying, Lord, keep my heart and my mind focused on you. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Keep me, God, somehow my mind stayed on you, even while I'm doing all this. Somehow, Jesus, 
Let me reflect you in all that I do. Somehow, Jesus, keep my heart and my mind stayed on you. Keep me seeking you. Keep me building you up. Keep me magnifying you, reflecting you, magnifying you, reflecting you, magnifying you. Do I need to say that another dozen times? Because it's only then that I can do what he's called me to do. So we were not, David didn't pray for deliverance. Deliverance is the act of delivering someone or something, the state of liberation. Also, all too often, our prayers are focused around being delivered from our situation. And that's okay. The apostle prayed three times. So that I kind of follow that pattern because I claim to be apostolic. So I pray three times for deliverance. And then after that I say, nevertheless, Lord, your will be done, and I move on. That's just me. I'm not telling you to take that as personal theology or anything. That's my personal conviction. I will pray for deliverance from a situation or a affliction three times, and then I just move on with life and figure that their soul's going to hell and their souls are more important than my personal discomfort, and I just go on with life. Um, but then shelter me and protect me, God. Just keep me saved, please, Lord. Let me stay on the right on the right path. So rather than try to rush through verses 7, 8, and 9, we'll stop here for the day, and you'll get a couple extra minutes on your break. And um, try to purposely set your heart and your mind to remove yourself from, how can I say that, to keep God first, put God first in what, God, what would you have? What, God, are you trying to show me and teach me in this situation? How can I glorify you? Let me magnify you in this situation today. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. God, let me exalt your name in this situation. Let me bring you glory in this situation, God. That's my desire. God bless you. Enjoy your break.